Welcome to the Western Sports FC podcast. Tonight we're going to have a go at one of two summer specials to keep our hand in before our pre-season podcasting commences. Today we're going to have a little chat around the rules within football that we would like to see changed. It's Monday the 24th of June and with me tonight are Ant Heron and Jamie Burt. So guys, kicking off then, rules we would like to see changed. Um, Ant, you got, you got the first one? Yeah, what was it? So first one is retrospective bans. Yes. Do you want to... Give us a little rundown on what you think should happen on this. Yeah, well, uh, and again, without doing my research, am I right in thinking that if a referee's quote-unquote seen whatever the the situation is in the game, that that player therefore doesn't, you know, ha- you know face any retrospective ban as a result, which I think is wrong because a referee can successfully con. Uh, a player can con- successfully con a referee, or or a referee, you know, is only human and might have a slight error of judgment. You know, if it's simulation, whatever it is, I think, regardless if the referee's seen it, a, a, whoever the body is can go back and still retrospectively ban said player. Okay, well, on these things, I'm going to try and play a little bit of um, devil's advocate, probably throughout this, I guess. Um, I mean, yes, it makes sense. Obviously, the, the current rule, you're absolutely right. That If a referee has seen it, uh, as it is uh, it's charged, and he thinks he has dealt with it in the correct manner at the time, then nothing can go back and be retrospectively applied. Um, I guess part of the thinking is that, you know, referees' decisions are a part of the game. And I guess, like, if you start changing things that the referee has seen... What happens if he, you know, there's other stuff you can't go back and change. Like if he has seen a, an incident that is, I don't know, is, is a penalty and yeah. he doesn't give it because he doesn't think it is, you can't go back after the game and give a penalty. So why should you go back and change something else that he's seen? Because I think, I think to minimise, granted you won't be able to change, fix everything, right? But if, you know, if a player has, you know, if we're going to start banning players for things like, let's say, simulation, I don't want to get caught on diving because I think people do it too much, but if a referee's seen it and got it wrong, but if almost like a system put in place where that referee who refereed the game can also almost go back and, and watch it you know, again, and that way they can employ... you know, like rescind yellow cards yeah, or something Yeah, like yeah, that. and that way they can... Because then you're not undermining the referee so much to the point as, you know, you, you've got this wrong during the game and we're going to, you know, we're, you know, we actually thought he dives, we're going to, or he or she dived, we're going to take action, almost have the conversation together and you know, explore it that way. Does that depend a little bit on the personality of the referee that um, some referees might think, no, no, I don't want to admit to being wrong, so I'm going to stick with my original decision, no matter how bad it is. Or do you think they'd be open to being able to say, having seen it in slow motion and from several different angles, I can see why, and you know, this this is actually the wrong decision at the time, and this is the correct one? Do you think referees would be happy to do that? Well, you'd hope so. To be fair, if they want to improve themselves, surely they look at what they've got wrong, and that's how you work on things, don't you? Go, you can look back on it and go, okay, I got that wrong, my mistake. Next time he's out refing, you could then go have a better think about certain situations and that. So I, I, th- I don't think they would. Uh, well, some might, but <laughs> I, I like to think they wouldn't. Because I think in, in some instances, there's certainly no shame in getting some of these decisions wrong because it, uh, you know, 90 miles an hour or whatever, full, full speed in a game from a specific angle with a player running past your field of vision at a particularly bad moment and then seeing it from three or four or 15 angles these days in, in several episodes of slow motion, it's a completely different experience from, from seeing it that once, isn't it? So they're probably open towards it. Yeah, you'd think so. And, and if we're talking high level, it's their, it's their job. So, you know, look at what you've done well, look at what you've done wrong, like any of us would in our, in our working field, and improve on that, you know? So, so from your point of view on this rule, Alan, would, are we just applying this to sort of almost because um, there's not too much you can apply it to I mean so like, like you mentioned I mean in theory this has already partly been brought in in terms of the simulation or, or diving yeah. to yeah. a degree so why you know looking at it from the other from the flip side why would you bring it in to retrospectively look at diving and not to look at other stuff I guess because you it, it, again it's difficult isn't it but you can't go back and play a game at 
38 minutes because there was a penalty incident that should have been you know there are some things that will just go and that's the beauty of football right but then there's also things that you want to stamp out and I think that having the ability to still go back and retrospectively ban someone dis- whether they've Certainly been like seen yellow or not. cards and yeah. red cards really yeah, 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 I know yeah, they yeah. can rescind red cards but maybe rescind yellow cards or give out yellow cards you know, that some, they miss yeah something yeah. something along those lines is only it's only going to stop the bad behaviour right isn't it I, I, I can't see it enticing it in it you know no you would, you would think so and um, sorry I just thought of something else so do, do we think it's, it's obviously stuff we want to stamp out of the game so obviously the diving simulation should stay in and it's then down to like um, probably physical stuff like kicking punch, you know the, yeah. the, 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 the stuff that you really want to s- s- cut out of the game I don't know even if it comes down to spitting or stuff stuff like that that's, is that all the stuff that we should be looking at really yeah that's what I would say I would say yeah if someone's elbowed someone and the referee's missed it like they could go I know they do actually do go back and look at that kind of stuff but uh, Anything else from spitting? Spitting's disgusting. I think you should get a five game, ten game. I mean, ban. you'd assume that if a referee had seen that, he'd have he'd have done something about it. But you, you know, it's, it's sometimes an elbow or an, an arm or a, can be disguised or not seen as that because of the way it is or the angle the referee's at. So that's what we're looking at. And or even like I think what sometimes there's, there's bad tackles and the referee. Will give yeah. a book in and we'll watch uh, don't get me we've got the beauty of replay slow-mos five times over and you look at it and you think do you know what no that was a red that was dangerous that was reckless and they've you know as a result of that poor challenge they are getting away with it despite the ref seeing it but he hasn't seen and it's not his or her fault whoever's refereeing but they haven't seen the, the you know what it actually was so is VAR going to wipe out a lot of this uh, yeah, yeah. Well, naturally, won't it? I think it depends what they go back and VAR. But it should be yeah. it's major, so it is a potential red cards. It is penalties. You know, so do you reckon this will pick it up a lot of it and, and stop people doing it? Because all of a sudden, in fact, all of a sudden, this is more of a deterrent. Because instead of after the game, someone looking at it afterwards and going, "Yeah, that was a red card, and you're going to get three match ban because the referee missed it." Actually, someone's going to stop the game there and then, and you're off then. And that is probably more of a deterrent because it impacts the game more. Yeah, yeah, no, it would, I reckon, but I'd, I think people are still going to get frustrated with VAR. It's going to take time, especially with how long it takes. That's my concern. It's, it, you don't want to be waiting around for five minutes for one decision, especially if it's quite an obvious one as well, and they just watch the replay. I was the game yesterday, the England game, yeah. and... It was a joke just watching it, and then how some it seems like some teams don't even understand it anyway. So <laughs> it almost takes value from the paying customer because obviously, when we're watching it on telly, we can see the replays, we can sort of see what's going on. As a paying customer, you're at the stadium, we were there at uh, we were there at Porto, weren't we, with Lingard's goal? Yeah, and you just sat there, and you, you have no idea. And it how tight was it? No one knew, and you just sort of sat there hoping. Yeah. It, I don't know. Show I the replays, take, yeah. do they? We didn't see any replays, so we, you know, ticket prices are expensive anyway. Mm. So if if VAR comes in and it naturally will break up, but people will be, you know, it will sort of ruin the experience of going. I mean, I think VAR. This is, I think we have to talk about because this is a natural extension of your retrospective bans because potentially this could stop a lot of that happening. Do they need to somehow? They need to make it more of a fan experience and more inclusive. So. Yeah. people get what's happening like you say you're paying a lot of money to go and have a ticket in this stadium to be entertained and wowed or, or whatever it is or at least hopefully see a decent game of football if you're sat there for eight minutes not having a clue what's going on that, <laughs> yeah. that can't be right can it yeah and also if it if it's like VAR is about getting the right decision right so if we're going to VAR a decision and the referee can see it's offside why why can't we show the the, the, the stadium the you know you, the whole the fans should of, be able to see the replay yeah, on the screen I don't I don't understand I mean, don't get me wrong, like that Cameroon one was so close, wasn't it? And, and it's like, I get how that, their fear of pr- provoking the crowd is the reason probably why they're not doing it. But then... At the end of the day, it's not going to be wrong, is it? Yeah. So, yeah it's no, well, well there is. I mean, there's some, there's some things that are factual. Offside is a factual decision. It's offside. It is offside is that we can draw lines across the pitch and we can say yes or no, as it stands at the minute. But all three of us here could look at a tackle and one of us goes great tackles, one of us goes yellow card, and one of us goes red card, because yeah. we've all got different views on 
what's fair, what's dangerous, what's reckless, what's endangering an opponent and all the other buzzwords that relate to these tackles. We can all think different things. So a referee can look at a VAR incident of something like that and we could all have a different opinion. And then it gets dangerous where you've got four groups of people in this crowd scattered everywhere who've all got a different opinion and all think the referee's an idiot or great or whatever. And that, that's where it gets a little tricky. Yeah, I think that that's just naturally going to be a problem with VAR if you're going to, like you said, a throw-in is a throw-in. You know, they won't VAR throw-in. But do you, do you know what I mean? Those sort of things, like you said, are factual. Whereas the rest of the game and everyone's opinion on the game is subjective. The referee, you know, his opinions on a incident are subjective to him because he's a, he's a human being. Is right? that where you need a like panel, that. though, of, I don't know, ex-professionals yeah, and well, they have a vote on it or something like that? You haven't got time to do that during well, a game no, of it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you still have, you know, ex-referees who are looking at this or advising, aren't they? So, well, yeah, you'd, well, you'd hope you'd have advisors that can help the referee out, but again, it's their opinions. And Again, no, you know, in other sports, it's, you know, bo- boxing, let's say, or the hoop highly controversial in terms of their judging score you know there's three judges yeah and it, and, it, and it is you know you you've almost got a sort of respect that whoever are in charge of these decisions are you know quote unquote experts and go along with it I think it's going to be very rare that I don't think at all we'll have a situation I, I, although I take your point where all three of us one would think it's a good challenge mm-hmm. all the way to me thinking it's a red card like it's going to be very rare those moments yeah. happen aren't they yeah, it's feasible but, right? yeah, yeah. the right group of people Ex- exactly so I take, but I think eight times out of ten maybe you'll all, all agree yeah, yeah, which isn't is it enough isn't it I don't know or close, if you're close enough that's probably mm. probably right ok so I think probably all around we're in favour of Respect punishment because we want to cut out the nastiness and the wrong things of the game. Mm-hmm. We're hoping that a lot of it will be picked up by VAR. Just a further question on this then. So at the moment, with the the one thing where retrospective action can be taken in particular is simulation or diving, and if you con the referee, you get a is it a one game or a two game ban? Yeah. If you successfully con the referee, if you get if you dive in a game and the referee and the referee sees it you get booked why should the punishment be a two match ban or one match ban retrospectively but during a game it's only a yellow card does that seem right surely it should be you know you could, it's the same offence yeah. surely the punishment should be the same shouldn't it I agree yeah I, yeah. yeah no I, I well maybe they should have the yellow card and the bans it needs to be consistent yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not saying which one's right or wrong but yeah. surely there has to be a consistency with that yeah. whether you go back and just you know add a, add a yellow just card issue on, or, a yellow card yeah, or, or, or they think simulation is a straight red now because you're quote unquote cheating I, I agree with you it has to be the same it can't, yeah. it can't you, you can't ban them further just because it got missed well, that's not mm. the player's fault that the referee missed it yeah, if anything, you want to be caught then, don't you? So. <laughs> there you go. But not if it wins you the game, that's the thing, isn't it? So There you go. The uh, incentive to do it is still there. OK, that's one down. Bertie, we'll come on to yours next. Uh, you talked about goal celebrations or uh, taking your shirt off. or Do you want to give us a shout into what you think? I just think you should be allowed to celebrate properly, like back in the day like just it shows a bit they used to run into the fans take their tops off it just shows passion I think and like taking that away like especially when the fans are so passionate as well and you get booked for it and then if you do a silly tackle or something a bit stupid you're then sent off and you think well my first got first yellow card was for blooming celebrating with my own fans and you'd just be like well what's the point in that so I think they just like the, the game's such at high stakes now and like it's worth so much money to the club and that just let them have their moment and celebrate yeah I mean I'm completely for celebrating um, but the obvious question from the devil's advocate to start with is you know the rules if you don't want to pick up a stupid bucking and run the risk of being sent off later don't do it isn't it yeah but sometimes the moment takes it away from you you totally forget you've scored a last minute winner and you run and jump into the crowd or something and then you do something a bit silly later and you forget about that you had the yellow card and it kind of kills the moment or you could even get booked for celebrating and in the knockout 
games and cups and that a couple of yellow cards means a ban for the next round as well and you you think about well cool I got booked for celebrating in that game and now I'm missing the next round it's frustrating really I'd say yeah and uh, I mean, players should be able to celebrate with their fans really And but I mean I think there are a, a couple of um, sort of serious elements to it um, I mean it's one thing when Ronaldo strips off and shows off his body but I mean are there many players who like at our level run off with their shirt off just because show, show, <laughs> showing showing their, well, no, showing their oh, keg or their bowel or it's, it's a, bit, a bit different but no but honestly so there are like so okay so flipping this round then so the other aspects of this then yes I mean I agree players should, should celebrate and pretty much be sort of free to do so but let's take uh, Adebayor City against Arsenal that's a bit extreme and should be punished Nah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. I do feel that um, fans are allowed to shout whatever they like at players throughout the ninety minutes of the game. But as soon as a player does absolutely anything, whether that's cut their ear or shush them or whatever, that it's it's like they get so wound up, it's beyond belief. But okay, so maybe that's pushing a bit too far. Uh, and what happens if a player lifts up a shirt and they've got a homophobic message on their t-shirt because they've ripped off the shirt or uh, anti-Semitic yeah. or whatever it is? It's a, yeah, yeah, retrospective, actually. Yeah, or, yeah, definitely then, isn't it? It's, but you're it's, allowed to lift up your shirt anyway at the moment as long as you don't take it off. Yeah, that's, that's so, it, isn't it? You, but it, it, if you, it's the message, isn't it? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. any message like that, you just give yeah. them a ban, don't you, yeah. straight away? And you can, I'd say them off if they had a like, homophobic message on there or racist message. They deserve punishment for that, but that, they'd be very stupid if they did. <laughs> yes, yeah, agreed. And I guess so. The and again taking this further, so the one thing where I I probably think where common sense comes into this is the jumping into the crowd business. Probably, while I understand they would want to, I understand the fans love it. It just takes one nut job with a knife who's not a supporter but happens to be there, and it's not very fun. Or also. Although it's not inciting fans and it's celebrating, what it does is encourage like someone in the fifth or sixth row to jump forward and pat him on the head or pat him on the back or jump in the celebrations and then you lead to potential squashes and if there's kids involved there and crushing issues, it can be dangerous. So I can understand there's a point to that rule maybe. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah definitely I can take, yeah, take the point there. I think... Um yeah, I think yeah, I'll take it definitely more so with the with the crushing element because I think that nutter with a knife could just run on at any moment. Yes. It, it, yeah. do, do, do you know what I mean? It's you 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 you're probably it's, never going to stop someone like that, someone like that. But um, but yeah, I guess it is. They, they just want it to be a safe experience, don't they? The FA and if and if that jeopardises like serious, like it significantly increases the risk of that. You know, anything like that happening then. Yeah, and and then I guess also, do you, the question is, do you need to jump in? I don't know. I, I get emotion now. I do yeah, get, yeah. but All right, maybe not jump in. Yeah, yeah, but you, you can mean, go yeah. to the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. In, in like slap hands and yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you're always going to get fans run down either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it happens anyway. Even yeah. if they don't go near the, the yeah. actual fans, they always run down to the front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think we're probably all in agreement that with a slight element of not jumping into the crowd but certainly taking off your shirt should not be a booking should it really just get on with it who cares really yeah. uh, okay Ant back to you then away goals oh, talk to me about away goals so whatever I, I don't have so much of a problem that they exist it's when the second leg goes into extra time they still count it's I just I, I, am I am I missing something or why should why should a team be allowed half an hour extra of that benefit that's true it's not a level playing field no. that's, let's be fair mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's got to be 90 minutes each it's at the end of 90 minutes the rule to apply yeah. generally um, I think I mean so this rule was introduced going back I don't know 30 40, no probably longer than that years ago where uh, teams would go to some back of the beyond when the European Cup and stuff has just started and you play some some little team from wherever it was and they had no facilities like barely a stadium barely a crowd and they would just literally sit and defend and the games were boring and yeah. no one wanted that so to try and encourage people to come out and these little teams maybe just come and do something it's scoring away goal so you've got to go and attack at some of these places that, that was the, the point of the rule yeah. I think 50, 60, 70 years later wherever we are football's moved on and if you go you go to these little teams they're a lot 
better than that. They don't just sit out to defend. They go and score a goal. So, I mean, I'd like to take it further and say away goals should just be cancelled. Cancelled. Cancelled completely. I mean, it does lead to a bit of drama sometimes. Bertie, doesn't it? You can tell us about that. <laughs> well, as a Tottenham fan, I'm not going to complain about it at the moment. So. Um, but why, why have them at all? Yeah, I agree. What, I, what difference I, does winning a game home away or scoring one goal more yeah. away matter as, as long as you win, or win overall? And even do these, like, you know, does, does a flight, let's say Arsenal, does a flight over to Valencia, does it, does it do that much? I know there are physiological effects <laughs> of flying, but you know they arrive in plenty of time. Is it really that detrimental to performance? Not at all. But again, what back 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 when the back when the rule was set up, again it was the plane journeys were three or four times as long now. But then because of the types of flight and plane that we had, uh, the planes are very cramped and thing. Now they travel in for business class luxury beds in the planes it takes them an hour or two to get there it's it's yeah. nothing they'll of the same thing every stretch they'll, they'll have space on the plane they'll be doing their, their stretching and, and, and making well, sure circulation is good yeah yeah um, I think yeah just just apply comment. Like, just because the rule's there doesn't mean it has to stay there or cannot be modified I, I t- the, the rule can stay but you know, just move with the times, like you said. Everett science, aviation, everything's got better, so it, it really is no longer that much of a. I, I don't think. And, and let's be honest, when Chelsea are going away to Carabag, there's such a golfing class; it, it don't even matter anyway. So, yeah, the, the rule can stay. If it went, I wouldn't mind. But absolutely, just because you've got the second leg away you, does not mean you should be given 30 minutes extra to, for the rule to apply I completely agree and let's extend this a little bit further um, even if you take away the away goals or even if it's nil-nil in the first game nil-nil in the second game or one or whatever you want to make it it's a draw same score both legs why should any home team then get 30 minutes extra in the second leg to do something about it why do they get that extra half hour at home yeah Luck of the draw, isn't it? Do you deserve do you deserve extra just because you got lucky in the draw? It's Should it just go straight to final? That's like any cup game, isn't it? It's the luck of the draw if you're drawn home or away. That's just luck of the draw, and then everyone knows the situation at the start of the competition. So, I mean, it's the same. Don't get me wrong; it's the same in cricket. It's a toss of a coin at the start, and you know that the conditions matter a lot of the time, and it makes a difference. And this is in football; we're still playing luck to the. Whether it be drawn out of a hat or a toss of a coin, and that, yeah. that's the way it's doing it. If that's the way we still want it, then that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, really? yeah again, you, you, there's certain things you never ever, you can't ever, you can't ever no, change yeah. things like better, you know, such as. But yeah, I just the rule annoys me. It really does, and I know it creates drama, etc., etc. But I just think it's, it's just pointless, isn't it? I, I, I don't honestly, I don't, I don't get it. So. It, some games though it does set up for a better game maybe the next game another yeah. team has to go out more attacking and it, it does make it exciting I think mm. but I can see your point yeah. on why it's... I mean I was delighted you knocked out City <laughs> 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 but... I spent better it's quite pleasing yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> okay we definitely want to think about there none of us are too bothered whether it's in or out but I guess but I think in fairness let's get rid and I agree I Okay, so I'm going to chuck one in, and it's offside. And I have two problems with offside. So the first one, so a bit like going back to the away goals rule, you know, years and years ago, there was a reason why it was brought in. And offside was brought in, well, literally, because they didn't have it. And strikers could stand in the penalty area on their own, any point, and someone could lump a ball 80 yards, and if no one had bothered to stay back, the defence, so the game was very stretched, and it was brought in just basically to stop goal hanging. That's the entire reason of it. It was not brought in to stop people scoring goals, but unfortunately, that is where we are at the moment, to the point where you're looking at VAR, and you find that Jesse Lingard's big toenail was offside, and you disallow a goal. Sorry, that... Could have hap- that goal could happen for my team, against my team, wherever it is. For me, that is just not offside. That is completely against the principle of offside. It's to stop goal hanging, not teams putting together a nice footballing move or whatever it is, and someone being a millimetre offside, which you can never possibly see by the naked eye. You don't have a chance of spotting whether that is offside. You've got linesmen who are there to decide. If, they, if it is 
if you've got to go to that level and it's like a millimetre or t- it should be a goal because it's something you cannot possibly tell with the human eye so for me, there needs to, we need to go back to some sort of rule where it's like daylight. You go to the daylight rule, where there's got to be daylight between the attacker and the defender for him to be offside. Even if that gives a bigger attack inside to the, yeah. to the attack, the big advantage to the attackers, that's, that's good because you get more goals. Yeah. And that's, that's the point of the offside rule is not to stop people scoring, it's to stop goal hanging. Yeah. And therefore, I think we should go back to a... You just can't have a system where someone can be a millimetre offside and it can only be detected... By, by VAR and video replay yeah what okay and what should the distance be to you know to be classified as offside then that's well, the question it's very difficult yeah, isn't yeah. it because as, whatever you whatever you put on it with VAR at the moment you're always going to come back to VAR yeah. and then you're going to go ah oh, well there's only a millimetre of daylight between the two of them how can you possibly see that so there's no right or wrong with this yeah, yeah, yeah. but it has to be more in favour of the attacking side because we want to see goals we do not want to punish someone because they're big toenails offside, I don't think. We want to encourage teams to play football and score goals, don't we? And, and that is surely just too excessive to stop, stop a goal. Uh, I think that's a difficult one. I've, like, at the end of the day, to me, if you're offside, you're offside. You know, the rules are in place there. So, as a defender as well. I, um... Okay, so VAR is there to, to point out clear and obvious errors. Was that a, let's go, was that a clear and obvious error? Because I watched two replays and I couldn't tell he was offside until they drew lines. No, very true, very true. It, uh, you're you're going to get situations like that where it's so close and it's like, well, how do you know exactly when the ball left his foot for him to be in that position? It, you, you're hoping VAR is 100% correct on it and you're relying on it. But like I answered, the question is, is then how far do you, can they be? And like, it, it, you could end up defenders dropping because of it then strikers pushing up, and then it could end up you blooming trying to hold a line on your penalty box yeah. and it, it's just it's, it's a frustrating yeah. one isn't it, it because I, it's one I don't think you can change no. but it's just it will be annoying because Lingard's goal let's say that toe he was in front was that the, was, was the reason England scored that goal and he went clean through and scored was was the advantage that big t- was whoever was tracking him Delit Brand I can't remember who it was were, were they Jesse were they Lingard's off, toe whip away from him no he just went clean through didn't he but then like you said it, it would just become so sticky impossible to say a lot say, of players so good defenders play for offside if you're a well organised team you play yeah. for offside on a, on a yeah. lot of occasion and then they've played to do that so surely that's good on them for setting that trap and trapping them yeah but then is it <laughs> what's what's the rule is it is it the part of a part of your body that can score a goal offside yeah. or yeah, yeah. Definitely. so cuz if, if my so hand was out well, yeah you'd be, you'd be okay. onside yeah 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 i think although it's frustrating i just think i just don't think i don't i can't see a way of Making the rule, you can't. No. You can apply the same rule, yeah. but allow a greater degree of tolerance. Like, yeah. Like you know, just his toe was a, oh, a couple can, of millimeters or ten millimeters, but you could do it his. Yeah. But you could do it the other way, where there's a millimeter of daylight or two, whatever it is. It's the same, same distance, but it's still giving the attacker more of an advantage to score. Yeah. With this, I guess the only issue with this sort of technology, then it would only be. You still rely on being available, yeah. Which is, which is only what the yeah, linesman's yeah. never going to see it. If no, it's... but he's not, he's not going to see it now. So if he's not going to see it now and he's not going to see it then, you might, you might as yeah. well push him down. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> tricky one. Okay, so let me chuck out the other one I don't like about offside, and that's the sort of um, phases of play sort of thing, really. So yeah. someone could be stood in an offside position, but the ball goes somewhere else. Uh, the ball then gets, you know player has a touch but then whips the ball into him and that player into that player and he scores but he's only in that position he's not offside now but he's only in that position because he was offside in the first phase <laughs> defenders are basing what they do like you just said but defenders are playing for stuff they, they are making decisions based on the fact of where he is because they don't know whether he's going to get flagged or not so it's in, influencing what they do on the pitch because if they go I know he's offside I can deal with this over here or I can do something that completely impacts the game so if you're gaining any advantage from being in an offside position, whether that's a phase or two phases later, in my view, you should still be offside. But this is, again, this, this time I'm in favour of the defence. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I totally get what you mean, because 
if you do see a player offside who's just like just taking his time getting back but then he suddenly becomes onside but you've already kind of left him to deal with something else and the ball does go to him and he does score you are looking back and oh that's frustrating so I left him on purpose kind of thing but do you, I suppose then do you have to be th- always keep thinking about it as a defender like you always you have to kind of not forget him in total but, no, but if, you, if you've got a player there because I mean we've just talked about how tight yeah. offside can be if you've got a player and he's in your eye and he's to the right you're not and you're not quite sure if he's off or on you have to take that into account when you're defending, don't you? You have to make a judgment for it. So that is affecting your decision at that point in time. And then you do something else, but he steps on side, and then he's in the next phase of play, he's on side. If he's affecting your decision, he is interfering with play. We come back to this. He's interfering with play. So should he not be offside? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard as a forward, this. No, no, I think... I think I think that yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, no, because you know, you know, you're a defender or whoever, let's say, you. you it's just like being clever, though. Yeah, you just they, 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 they're mm-hmm. just I mean, using it. So yeah, maybe they spend they spend their whole game uh, usually with their back to you, so you know they're constantly trying to get in front of your game. So just by pulling off, sort of having a look. From behind you and assessing mm. it. The, the immediate question, I guess, is how many phases can you limit up to? Mm. That that would be the the obvious one, wouldn't it? Because uh, I I do take your point. You he could just stand there, can he? You they counter all of a sudden. He he's clean through. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand. Look, as the the rules as they are, I understand strikers. Oops, I understand strikers doing this and yeah. maybe playing on those rules and doing it. But if they are affecting a way defender plays the game or is making his make the defender is making decisions based on the fact that he might have to deal with this over there and can't tell whether he's on or offside that has to come back to this you know phrase which is still there interfering with play he has to be interfering with play whether it's a phase or two phases later on surely I think though t- big teams that they're going to work on this in training their managers will be telling the strikers like maybe try this, try that, and also be telling his defenders to always think about it and maybe not switch off. It's all tactically done now, isn't it? So surely you'd think they'd actually work on it. Could you? So, so they do know. So I was going to say, could you argue as well, without being too philosophical, that anything that happens on a football pitch is interfering with play, isn't it? One one way or another. Well, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. stretched out. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean? That again. Yeah. I mean, I remember. I mean, obviously, I remember this because it was against us, my team, perhaps. But you know, the ball came into penalty area. Johnny Evans went to clear it, miskicked it, come off his, scuffed it, and scuffed it into his own net. Kind of like he's almost. I don't even know how he managed to do it. But his opposition player, I think it was a Newcastle player, he had his hand on his shoulder, and apparently he's not interfering with play. <laughs> if you're touching the opponent, he makes a mistake. That is. Isn't I mean, it? yeah. <laughs> That's clear as day, isn't it? Yeah. You but, think? But. Well, is Johnny Evans is still going to go for that ball, though, isn't he? Even if his hand's not on his shoulder. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's then whether Johnny Evans... But you made that... Is that influencing his... Maybe watchman? it's panicked him a bit. It probably has, but he's always still going to go for that ball. Yeah. Okay. So we've had a, a nice little debate about a few things there. I'm not sure we've reached any massive conclusions, but um, move on. So we're just going to talk about a couple of things that influence our level of football now sort of DPL and Dorset Senior League so Ant you chucked up a, a rule that's obviously it's not the top level it's um, uh, down at step 7 and below uh, although I think it might be step 6 from next season I'll just check that but I think that's right so sin bins you've been a recipient of a, of a handful this year shall we say so what's your take on sin bins right without I'm not blaming DPL refs or anything before I get given a five game ban before the season <laughs> but I just think it's far it's far far too subjective I think even that's gone against us for us whatever it is I don't I don't know the consistency if it if it's for if it's for dissent first of all what's dissent because and again referees are different the, the, the ages of referees in the DPL I can only talk about DPL because that's what I've seen it in vary but like you know people swear at the ref and that's classed as dissent so they'll go in the sin bin 
when I thought that swear is foul and abusive language, it's a red card. Some some people, you know, so if you swear, sometimes you can go in for. There's there's been times where, personally speaking, I think I was arguing with a defender. I think I shouted at a defender, and I got put in the sim bin for it. So I I, I just don't I don't know where the sort of consistency is with it. I I, I don't know what dissent is personally, and I don't know if. I mean, I think this is the big problem where this is another subjective decision. It's a bit like tackling, except we've probably seen a wider a wider range in this than we have in anything else. Like, you talked about a tackle and you said we could, we could all gather around and probably eight out of ten of us would agree. Yeah. Probably right. In this with the Simbin in, with the reference, I don't know, chuck them out there and you've probably got two out of ten who agree on what Simbin in is. Um, because, like you say, I think, you know, let's just take our cup final from last year. One of our opposition players told the referee to F off during the game. That surely is foul and abusive language in a red card. I think if referees are tolerable enough if you swear in conversation... Yeah they're not stupid but you're not going to send me or send you off for that but as long as it's you know not offensive um, but dissent is effectively agreeing disagreeing with him or having a little pop or moaning and whining generally but I, I don't understand I mean how can there be such a big difference do we think yeah I don't, I don't, I don't know I think it just is and I, and I feel I feel for refs as well because then you know they've got to make a split decision like they don't want to ruin the game and like let's be honest everyone most people swear on the pitch so if they did it for each time it got swore at the, the game probably be called off and, and can, there wouldn't be enough players on the pitch so they're in such a tricky position but it, it's just it's just yeah that it, it like it's just the consistency on the on the decision it's and what common is. sense as well aren't they because people get frustrated and they that you're going to use foul and abusive language but it might not be aimed at anyone people go oh for F's sake and that and they just got to kind of take it into the moment of like what the game means to them and I think anyway I mean we, we've we've seen a few extremes haven't we I mean like say there's, there are some referees who are basically using a sin bin as a substitute for sending them off a foul and abusive language because yeah. it's easier for them I guess in yeah. some ways and there are other referees who just don't want to hear anything, so just tend to sim because they can't be asked to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, you take... I know it was actually a cup game, wasn't it? So he didn't get a sim in, he got a, but he still got a booking for it. It was, um, I think, born out for very obviously our corner, and the ref gave a goal kick, and Josh turned around, and when he realised, just literally went, oh, no. Yeah. And he got booked and he, for dissent, and you're just going, I'm sorry, but if that constitutes dissent, then you... Yeah. It's, it's just like... That, that just can't be right, can it? You've got to do something a little bit more than that. No, that again. That goes to the each individual ref, don't it, of how they see things. And you would hope before like the season starts, they'd all have a meeting with them all and say, right, this is dissent. Only this you can book them or simbin them for this, and then this is for that. That's how you like to think they do it. But again, even in the senior league, all refs are different, and some will book you for swearing, not even at them or between each other or arguing or like literally saying off. God's sake, or something like that. They they penalise you for it, and it it's just consistency. Yeah. So I mean, obviously the DPL has been a part of a. We've been doing it for the last two years. In the first year as part of a trial. Last season because we're just carrying it on because we knew it was coming in from this season anyway. So you might as well carry it on. Um, so during the summer, there've been a lot of training sessions for clubs who is you know because it's now coming all the way down. So there's a lot of clubs affected. Various FAs and leagues have put on training sessions and they've had both clubs and referees at these training sessions and it sounds like, from all the feedback I've had, that nobody really agrees or knows what it is still. And this is the problem. Uh, A year ago I had it explained to me by the referee secretary of the DPL at the time and he told me that it was sort of like, if he gives a decision and you're disagreeing with him or having a moan at him saying, referee, that's never right, he says, go away. Ant, go away. Don't want to hear you anymore. And if you say, come on, ref. Let's... No, Ant, get out of here. Yeah. Stop moaning at me. And then you carry on. He goes, right, descent. I've told you, get away in the sim bin. And to me, that seems fairly yeah. reasonable. Yeah, so like, yeah, almost. But I mean, I, th- I think if you're overly, you know, if you're over the top, then maybe you could do it on the second one. He'd say, look, I've told you once. Yeah. Go away in your sim bin, depending on how badly you do it. But this, that was how it was explained to me, and that sort of felt kind of right when he explained it. Um, I mean, on the flip side of that, I don't think Pumley got sim bin last year. I mean, how did that happen? Insane, mad. <laughs> but it's like, and, and again, and this is where I feel sorry for us, they're only humans. So, 
you know, people just can get on your nerves, can't they? And it's like, God, this, this bloke's doing mad in, like, or, or this team are doing mad they're, they're only human, they're naturally going to be like, next person who says something, I'm just going to, I'm going to simple I'm going to make a point. And that's where the problem comes in, because that person there could have been Josh just saying, you know, no, or what, or, you know, confused, expressing himself out loud, and then he gets a simbin. And it, it, like you said then, it, I just don't think people generally have like an actual criteria for it. It's just a bit, like a bit almost not wishy-washy, but I, I, it'd, be, it'd be brilliant to have a ref here, wouldn't it? And, or, or even three, and just hear their opinions on what the scent is, because I bet, it, I bet it's different. Yeah, it probably is. And um, I mean, that's the big problem. There needs to be, it's, I think it's going to be a bit of chaos next year for the leagues you've not had it. And we'll sort of be in a better position because we've been doing it for two years because at least we'll have some idea of what's going on and the, and the, and the gap between the, the lesser and the, the more tolerant and the less tolerant referees, if you like. Um, but I think some people are going to struggle and you know, it'll only be, we're only going to struggle where it's new referees into our league next year, I think. So. It does work though, right? I, th- I think it works. I mean, if you take the DPL, so we've had this, this is the second year of the DPL doing it and you, I might misquote these percentages by a small amount, but I'm about right. So yellow cards last season were down by 23%. Sin bins were down by 29%, although that could be the other way around, and red cards were down by 49%. So, I mean, I mean, to, be, to a degree, that's, you could argue that that's the effect of the sin bin perhaps coming in, but particularly if you take those red cards, you could also argue that's the fact that referees are using the sin bin as opposed to a yellow card, potentially, although they are all down, so maybe less so. So I, th- I do think there's a... There's a well, I'm not saying it's a bad rule, it just needs to be applied better, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, to be honest, though, I think I think if you did sort of like not like a poll of some, but if you just collated the thoughts of every player, manager, coach, and referee in the in the league, and asked them a simple question, do you think it it's making the game better? I think most people at the minute would probably say no, just purely because the the lack of like clarity around it. We need some consistency on that one. I think that's where we are, and that's that's fair. Okay, just a quick one in then for me. Um, I think certainly the DPL from last year and last couple of years, a rule that's really annoyed annoyed me is the use of uh, the advantage rule. Um, I find it. I I don't think referees realise what the point of it is anymore. I think one of the, the initial problems is that the hand signal from a referee for play on, which is play on, there's nothing wrong here, I'm okay, is the same as advantage, which is I've seen something over there, I know it's wrong, but I want to see what happens here and because I think there is some sort of advantage. So that's my first issue. Two, I think referees and linesmen, because I've got an example of a linesman um, from last season, the idea of advantage is that one team has just been awarded a free kick, generally, or could be awarded a free kick, and that is because the opponents have committed an offence. So you are penalising the opponents. That, to the team have committed an offence, they are supposed to be penalised. The other side are supposed to get an advantage. So last season we've had people who... Uh, we've had against us, a, 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 and, for, and probably for us, to be fair, but... Um, Someone's committed a foul. One player is on the ball. He's like in our own half or in, the, in their own half, on the ball, three yards from the touchline, facing the touchline with three opponents around him. The referee's got advantage. At what point is that any advantage? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's hard, isn't it? I, I, I get it's, it's, it's difficult for referees and that, but like, yeah, like you said, just that's where you just like, apply some logic. You know, a player in the corner, like you said, with three players around him. It, it was, was the, uh, there is no there is no advantage you, you, you have because let's for example the free kick the nearest player is 10 yards away right so his advantage is three players or, or, or even if it's one player it doesn't matter one yard away in a confined area uh, it, it, that's not the advantage and again moving on to another one so we played away at Bridport um, and again it was, I think it was a free kick, a foul out on the touchline. <coughs> I put the ball down, gone to take the free kick, and the linesman stepped across in front of me. So no, 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 he needs to be, that's not where it was. It's like, and he's made me move the ball back literally 10 centimetres. <laughs> 10 centimetres. Again, the point 
the opposition has committed an offence. Yeah. We are supposed to gain an advantage from this. We want to play a quick free kick, and he's stopped it, allowed them to get back in position. So all of a sudden, it's back on an even par because he's because I'm ten centimetres away from where the ball is. For me, I don't care if it's for us or against us. As long as you're in a five five metre radius circumference, whatever the right one of those words is, just get on with it. You just yeah. get them on and let people play. I mean, surely you, that's that's part of the point of a free kick. You're supposed to gain. You're supposed to have an advantage. Referee shouldn't be. As long as you're close and not taking the mick, just go on with it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You want the game to flow as quickly as possible. You don't want to be stop starting, and it seems a bit stupid he stopped you just for moving at that distance. And it, yeah, kind of. It's all momentum's gone. They've then gone back in the position. So where is your advantage? Well, gone. It's extreme, but I mean, I'm not exaggerating there at all. It's actually ten centimeters. <laughs> I asked him if he was being pedantic. I thought he was going to call the ref over to talk to me about it. That's how bad it was. And the final thing I had with the advantage, like the final example I got. So last year, again, so it was our uh, free kick and penalty area in our sorry free kick in our penalty area to us Sammy Watts takes free kick out to me on the left hand side and all of a sudden I'm running into 40 yards of space and I think at the time I still had Jamie Irwin who was making a run and I could and I played the ball down channeling to Jamie Irwin who's all of a sudden 10 yards outside their penalty area and running in referee's whistle was gone and he's called it back because at the time you're not allowed into an opponent is not allowed into the penalty area until the ball was left so we've got a free kick which should be our advantage we've taken that free kick one of their players has run across the penalty area which would be an offence or is an offence but he didn't get the ball yeah. we've got it we've carried on and we've played on and the referee's called it back so he's taken away the advantage. <laughs> advantage that we've had it just shows you they, do they have any idea what advantage is because it just doesn't otherwise, seem like it otherwise as an opponent player you would just deliberately step yeah. in the box wouldn't you yeah, or, or you would you, you know I always think that you know in the, um, I see it when, when a team has tried to play a short goal kick and the, uh, the, the the defender who's receiving the ball off the keeper or whoever it is steps inside the box and they just give it back yeah. restart the goal yeah. kick and I think well they I mean how many times I don't yeah, 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 well, yeah I've got it but that rule is that rule is going to change next year. Oh, Oddly, yeah. I can tell you about that in a minute. Okay, so that's my frustrations with advantage. I think we all agree probably on that one. Um, right, a couple of rules that we think have actually changed over time and have improved football. Have we got any? I've got a couple probably. Anyone? Anyone? Are Just we me. old enough, Jay? Has football been the same? So we, okay, let me check out. Obviously, obviously, there's a few, right? Yeah. Like the go. If you go way back, there's the advent of the crossbar, which was helpful. Yeah. Adding on nets to the goals definitely helpful. Yeah, some sort of thing. And I even think that I think goal line technology has massively improved yeah, the game in one way. One. It's there on the watch. Back and the keeper picking up. Right here we go. But you've said exactly what my main one was. Right, uh, goal line technology obviously because you can tell it in a split second as opposed to VAR. But my one, my one is back passing because back when it was sort of introduced, I was saw Liverpool sides, Championship winning Liverpool sides. They'd get in front, and then it would be Grubbler passes to Hansen who passes it back to Grubbler who picks it up. Out to Lawrenson, who passes it back to Grobbelar, who picks it up. Lawrenson, out to the fullback, whoever, whichever, Phil Nickel, whoever it was, fullback. Occasionally, they'd play a ball into midfield and then back to the centre half and then back to the goalkeeper. Just a bit of variation. So it was dull as ditch water when, you like, when someone like Liverpool, who were an excellent side, by the way, with excellent players, when they got one of it was game over and it was just the most boring thing to watch ever. So the back pass rule, I think, has improved football for that reason it's made it a bit more entertaining it's stopped time wasting stopped the game being boring but I think more importantly as well it's changed over the years it has changed football completely it's taken time but I think it has changed football completely you go back to the days when it was brought in probably the 90s you had who were your creative players maybe you had some wingers some quick wingers and maybe you had a number 10 who was your he was your man who scored the goals and that's where it came and then as time moves on, all of a sudden your creative player might be your holding midfielders. It might be a Michael Carrick or it might be a Pirlo. And then all of a sudden Pep's coming around and other people and all of a sudden they want their creative players to be their centre-halves, whether that be Stones or, or, or whoever it is, company, even Maldini 
Brazy back in the day. But now Pep's brought in even further and gone, right, I need a goalkeeper to be my creative player. He's yeah. got to have the ability to do stuff, pick out passes. I need 11 players on the pitch, not 10 yeah. players and a goalkeeper. And so this rule has changed, has not only made games more interesting, more exciting potentially, it has changed football tactically over the years and has led to where we are with the way that people like Pep are looking to play football. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine it n- never being there, but it, it seems like it just seems like a, a weird rule not to have had. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It just strips away the whole point of playing playing the game. But um, yeah, like moving, like, like you said, you, football is changing, and it might you know it might go full circle yeah. in the way people play. You know, they might twenty years time might go back to four four two, and you have little <laughs> and large up front. But like you said at the minute, the how, how, how good are some of the keepers? Oh, genuinely on the bottom. Edison can pick out women's 80 oh, yeah. passes. <laughs> they are so technically good at kicking football. Like a lot of keepers well, take penalties. At, um, you know, like we're Pickford. about to say, look at Pickford's strike. And, yeah, you know, they, they, are te- a they are technically sound, aren't they, now? Mm. So, um, yeah, I, uh, like you said, I can't imagine it ever. Well, they, that's what now. they want now, isn't it? Ball, everyone's got to be a ball player. Yeah. It's changed football, I think, so there we go. Right, a quick run through then. There are some laws that are changing next year um, from the International Football Review Board, whatever they're called, who make all the laws. Uh, so drop balls. If a drop, it's a drop ball in a penalty area, it's basically no longer contested. It's just given straight to the goalkeeper, effectively, is the rule. Etiquette. I guess it's etiquette over any sort of proper yeah. rule. I don't know whether it's good or bad or not, but Probably that's the rule. Anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. Really. Uh, right, here's an interesting one. Free kicks. When there is a wall of three or more defenders, the attackers are not allowed within a metre of the wall or a yard of the wall. Um, and if they are, then that will be penalised with a free kick. So that gives an incentive to defenders to make sure there's at least three people in a wall at any time, doesn't it? Just as an extra yeah. Is, is yeah. That, is possibility that, of winning a free kick. Is that to then entice a more, a more sort of attacking... No, it, I think it's basically to stop jostling haranguing pushing shoving attackers pulling on the end of yeah. walls so it's just like it's just like there's the wall the wall is the wall you're not allowed anywhere near the wall because okay. there's no there's no reason for an attacker to be near the wall particularly oh they no. do it to put you off yeah. that's as simple as that okay yeah <laughs> if it works I mean I don't you know it doesn't happen that often no does it? I don't you don't really see it in our level is maybe other rules they can yeah. change like yeah. Okay, here's one, that, here's one that relates to something we said earlier. So, a yellow card from an illegal celebration, for example, removing your shirt. This yellow card would still stand even if the, de- even if the goal is disallowed, i.e. VAR comes in. You think you've, Raheem Sterling thinks he's just put Man City through to the Champions League semi-final, wheels away, takes his shirt, I don't know whether he did or not, takes his shirt off, then it's disallowed via VAR, but he still gets a yellow card. Right or wrong? Bertie, I think I know your answer. <laughs> um, no, that's that's probably wrong. Well, it probably is right, it, isn't it? It's probably right, but <laughs> to me, it doesn't seem yeah. right. Although the rule's wrong, you yes. can't yeah. not bug him yeah. just because the goal didn't count. No, yeah, no, no, he's still gone and done yeah, it, hasn't he? Yeah, so, but yeah, the, rule, no, yeah, that, the rule's yeah, wrong. The, the rule's wrong, but it's right for, because the rule's there. <laughs> Next change is a goal kick. So, like previously, a goal kick, you take a goal kick, it has to leave the penalty area before anything, anyone can do anything. Uh, now is the ball is in play once the kick is taken, and therefore it can be played before leaving the penalty area. You can't be in the penalty area when it's taken, but I guess you can be in the penalty area before it leaves the penalty area. So, maybe. Uh, handball is changing. We've got the whole shadow thing and arms out of the way. However, it still doesn't take away the word deliberate. How can any referee tell what you're thinking? They can't. <laughs> <laughs> so should we remove the word deliberate from anything else? Because it doesn't appear anywhere else. I can accidentally trip you up because I'm going for the ball. I can accidentally trip you up. Surely deliberate needs to be removed. Yeah, and it put it's just needless pressure on a referee then because as a player you'd be like, well, you think I've done that. Deli-. Do you know what I mean? It, it then becomes like a personal thing. And it's, it's just their interpretation of... Yeah, yeah. No, it shouldn't be deliberate. Change it. Yeah. Uh, a, a sensible change, I think. So now... This, this rule's changed recently and is going back to the original rule, actually. The team that wins a toss can now choose to take kick-off or to which end to attack. That's what it's always used to be, only till like two or three years ago when they changed it to like you basically just had one choice. Or well, isn't it the home team 
pick. Take, you can choose, choose kickoff. Whoever wins the toss chooses ends. You choose ends. Yeah. It used to be choose ends or take kickoff, and then if you take kickoff, your opponents get to choose ends. So it's just flipping back to the toss then. Never one one, I uh, some rules in medical breaks, but that's neither there. Uh, penalties, um, obviously, a, a penalty taker. If no, if someone goes, if someone requires treatment, they don't have to go off injured if they're the penalty taker. Uh, for, sorry, they don't have to go off the pitch if they're the penalty taker, which is a sensible yeah. thing, I think. Uh, the goalkeeper is not allowed to be touching the net or any of the posts okay. while the kick's being taken. Seems reasonable. And the goalposts must not be moving because he's kicked them or pulled yeah, them or vibrated. They do, innit? They hit the posts and cross. So if they're moving, wobble, yeah. we've got to wait. Wait till they stop. <laughs> I get that, but I mean, goalkeepers are generally at a disadvantage anyway on a penalty, aren't they? Like, yeah. is them, you know, it's yeah. obviously slightly disadvantage. I suppose if a crossbar's yeah, wobbling yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. but like, if they're flicking the net, is that, is that <laughs> that bad? Flicking the net. Yeah. yeah. And then moving on to the next one, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've heard there's been some controversy at the Ladies' World Cup, which is the goalkeeper must have at least part of one foot on the line when the kick is taken and they cannot stand behind it so again this is sort of going back to what we had a conversation about the offside where we're talking a millimetre or not a millimetre and and that can be the differential between a save non-save or whatever it might be I think is it just rules are rules yeah rules are rules we got VAR at that level but not at our level to be fair for a goalie for a penalty I I, I think you should just I don't think it really matters if you come off the line that much does it again right, yeah. so it mind matter. you though like if they jump eight you know eight foot forward or whatever well, yeah, I mean they've got a good jump for one but run at the ball. yeah, yeah it is. I was going to say yeah as long as it's not ridiculous it's even, yeah. then what, it, there, yeah. but then what is ridiculous well, yeah it's one of those yeah. it's one of those like what tolerance do you allow and all that Okay, very quickly then, um, just to whisk through the last couple. Uh, undershirts are now allowed, or multicoloured or patterned undershirts are now allowed as they have the same as the sleeve of the main shirt. Who gives a toss, really? Um, right, quick free kicks. This sort of goes back to an advantage we talked about earlier. So the rule as it stands is if, if a referee is about to book or send off a player um, and the, the opposition team take a quick free kick, previously he would not let them and he would have to deal with that yellow or red card then. Yeah. But now he can let it play out if they want to do that yeah. and then come back to it and put them, send them off, put them or send them off after, which has to be an improvement, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, and substitutions. Anyone being substituted now has to leave the pitch by the nearest point of the touchline. So that they just go good. off. Yeah, that saves people blooming taking their time, yeah. time wasting. They do it on purpose, don't they? So... Have they then got to put a bib on straight away? Because obviously, well, if you're walking, no, you can't do you know what really mean? do that. They have to, they'll have to just walk. You, you, yeah. Referee will have to tolerate it while they walk, yeah, walk yeah. round, right. but at least they won't be on the pitch, and at least they won't be time wasting by walking, you know. And finally, um, if somebody on the bench of a team is guilty of misconduct, or a yellow or red card, and the referee isn't sure who did or said this thing, then the manager is responsible, and if he doesn't identify the person, will be subject to the punishment himself. <laughs> so I mean Harry could be in a lot of trouble this year with the yeah, team he's got yeah. oh, Ben making them uh, grass on his own team man. yeah <laughs> I, mean, I mean yeah fair enough then I get, yeah, I, I, if you don't know you know you as a manager I suppose uh, have got a duty to take responsibility don't you Lucky Gibbo. <laughs> okay, so just before we finish, then, and one more yeah. thing to talk to you about: uh, you're looking to you're looking to break a world record in the near future. Uh, yeah, most sin bins in a season coming up. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. So myself, um, Jamie Greenflem, uh, and the manager Harry Gibbs, and two other lads from Yeovil, uh, Matt Cottrell and Pete Lotland, we are doing the Wales Marathon, uh, and the world record attempt is most people tied up. Uh, together to successfully complete a marathon I think at the minute it's 119 and I think the organizer's gone for about 138 so yeah it's good it's going to be tough though because it's it's quite a slow obviously with you being tied together yeah it's like 10 11 minute miles um, so although the the running is what you would say easier it's it's, it's it's slow. It's lot. It's heavier on the legs. It's a, it's a it's a it's a weird one. But I mean, yeah. If you any of you can donate, I'm sure you can put the Just Given page on. But I think we're running for Cancer Research UK. And yeah, it's been good good preseason training to an extent. I mean, I don't run 22 miles nowhere near on a pitch. But yeah, it's been good. 
Uh, we will put the uh, Just Given page out on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, I think we have done in the past, so they are on there, but if you can, we'll put it out again. Uh, if you just want to tell everyone what it is now, aren't that be good? As well? The charity? Yeah. Uh, okay. the, the, oh. the just Given page, if you know it. Oh, no, I don't have a clue. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll, put it up, we'll, we'll put it up on our Facebook and Twitter pages. I guess there's a lot of potential to trip people up during this or get in people's way and annoy everybody else. Yeah, Flem's annoying anyway. So, <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah I, I don't know how they're, they, they're going to structure it. I don't know if it's rows of five. I assume you, 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 you're connected by the torso. Do, do you know what I mean? Some sort of like yeah, loose elasticated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. So, um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, we hope you do very well. And we hope you can all be uh, generous at heart and donate to this course and, uh, in the effort of a world record attempt. Okay, so despite the fact that we may or may not have come up with some solutions to make football better, the reality is that we won't. And oops, we had a little technical difficulty there. But uh, just to resume with our summary of the podcast, now we've worked out how to sort things out. Uh, as we were saying, we'd uh, discussed some footballing solutions or rules we thought things would make things better, but the reality is that we won't change anything. And despite that disappointing fact, it's made us feel a little bit better, at least by having a platform to air our views. As a club, we're in the middle of the AGM season, with several of them down, but still more on the horizon, including the Dorset Football League AGM on Wednesday. We are still in need of a reserve team manager, so you have the right qualifications and you think you have what it takes, and please, please get in touch with us. There has also been a change to pre-season training. We will now start on Thursday the 4th of July. And as always, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you can pick up your podcasts. Please subscribe and give us a nice rating. I'd like to thank Jamie Burt and Aunt Heron for their time this evening, even if they have now gone home. And to say to everyone, please enjoy what's left of your summer as it's nearly time for us to start all over again. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you all again soon.